This is the Epilog Audio Experience. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Passion People Podcast. And this is your host Naga. I'm delighted to have you guys here. Through our conversations with passionate people, we aim to get an insight, you know, how people have made their passions manifest and the kind of nuances that are involved for them to get here. Each episode can be listened to at your convenience and in your favorite podcasting platform. In order to stay abreast of our future episodes, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. This is a first of its kind two-part special episode of the Passion People podcast. You may get additional context if you have heard the previous episode. In case you haven't, here's a quick rundown. Chen is an award-winning social change organization. In our previous episode, we are in conversation with Hera Hossein, whose passion it is to help people liberate themselves with technology. We discussed how Hera underwent a watershed moment where she discovered the kind of impact social change organizations can have and how she interviewed her previous experience with what she was going through at that time. She realized the importance of making an organization run by people it is being built to help one for survivors by survivors. We spoke about how we can keep volunteers accountable which is something that's typically difficult to achieve and how to stay laser focused in a distracted world. In today's episode, we specifically talk about how startups are different from social enterprises and how they're not. We talk about how Hera handles her time. We talk about the importance of a strong personal and professional support system, which is very important for someone who's undertaking anything new or different in their lives, whether it's a passion project or whether it's entrepreneurship or whether it's taking up a new hobby. And we conclude with a standard set of questions and some thoughts by Hera on how Chen builds effective communities, which personally I've benefited immensely from because surrounding yourself with the right people can make all the difference in the world. Diving right in. So a lot of what you spoke of, um, you know, that I see a lot of similarities uh, with how people build organizations, how yeah. people build startups. Uh, yeah. Can can you elaborate a little bit on uh, how uh, building a social enterprise is similar to a startup and how it's different it's, or, and the line uh, where people can draw? Yeah, it's uh, something I used to say a lot when I was starting Chen that I'm not treating it as a charity. I'm treating it as a startup. And looking back, I think that was true, uh, but it's not always good to treat us as such so we should take things so in building chen and looking back at the way it is now i've taken a lot of tools techniques from the startup world from the traditional activism world from like feminist organizing and uh from you know social innovation networks like uh, makes sense so it's an amalgamation of like the best bits from everything Mm -hmm. and if i look at uh, what, what, how I thought when I was 23, when I started Chen, it was coming from a place of frustration because I had had such bad experiences with charities that I just was like, whatever big charities do, I'm going to do the opposite of that. That was my attitude, which is a very childish attitude, let me just say that. <laughs> but <laughs> but it, was, it was it was 23. <laughs> so that's how I thought. Um, and at that time, I was working in startups. So I was like, everything's great. Yeah. So things that are really good about startups are the iterative approach. You know, really honing in on the user need. Um, trying to treat your product. And again, using the product word is not 
applicable in 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 like a chain type environment. So I'm sorry for using the word, but that is the word that's used in startups. So you know, treating your product with respect, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, keeping on measuring uh, the resp- user responses and creating an effective feedback loop. Mm-hmm. That's important. Is um, critical. Mm-hmm. So that's these are all things, and startup, the startup world is also obsessed with productivity. They will do anything to hack the productivity problem. So I've taken a lot from that too, in terms of like feminist organizing or political organizing, things that are really good are about building consensus, treating people with respect, making sure your working environment isn't toxic, you know, campaigning well, uh, and uh, co-organizing. So the thing that I feel like that makes Jen unique is the fact that 70% of our volunteers are survivors. That is what's special about Jen, mm-hmm. that they are survivors who have been disempowered their life in their life and in their relations in places where they're supposed to feel secure and loved uh, and their confidence has been beaten down and they are standing up and they are making resources for themselves, for for their community, for answering questions that they had, Mm -hmm. that other women are having right now in their own languages. It is truly intersectional. We, for every single resource we have, we make sure people from different regions look at it and then experts look at it. So it's not like an expert from... Harvard has written a, a resource, and then we do a uh, you know a feedback session by you know by survivors. No, mm-hmm. we do it the other way around. So that's what makes Jen really special. And we have a very experimental approach. We will try things. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. It's fine. Right. And iterative process. Yeah, that acceptability and that playground attitude is has been very good for Jen because it means volunteers can be creative. They can pitch ideas and they know they'll be heard. Got it. Got it. It, it seems like all of this is a lot of, uh, it seems like you have a lot on your plate. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and you also mentioned that you have a full-time job. Yes. And uh, you, you also have a family. Yes, I have two cats. And <laughs> so, uh, how do you, how do you, um, you know, how do you allocate uh, time uh, between all these three tasks to make sure that you're fulfilling uh, responsibilities so to speak everyone wants to know that you'll have to buy my book <laughs> I don't have a book <laughs> I don't have a book and yet yes yes yet <laughs> I don't think what I would put it because I've always been like this I, mean, I, I feel like sometimes in university I was even more busy than this but mm-hmm. I didn't have Jen mm-hmm. I was involved in so many different things um, I think it's just a product of my nature and my restlessness but Things that I found helpful for managing time is, is one being really like brutally honest with myself. I don't think I live in denial. Like when people will often say to me, "Oh, you're such a workaholic," and you know, or that, "Oh, Hera, you never drop anything." You know, you, you always say that you're going to drop stuff and you don't, which is a complete lie. They like it's just it's just funny to me that they say that because I am so brutally aware of myself. I I never lie to myself. If I I will say I have too much on, and I will explain if I can't drop something. And it is hard to drop things, but I have dropped them. I have I co-founded a network, um, which was about using technology to create solutions for women refugees. I dropped that, I stepped back from that. I stepped back from some network that I felt like were not giving me what I wanted, and I wasn't able to contribute to them. So you know, being brutal with that sort of way but also understanding your own self and how you work so for me i know that in the evenings i'm not very productive so what i do is i split my uh, laptop screen and i watch tv as i work on gen stuff 
um, or I'll go to a different part of the room, or I'll go to a new cafe if I'm doing work on gym. I'll segment, I, you know, I compartmentalize and segment my day and do things in bursts. But that's the way it works for me. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't mean it will work for everyone like that. It's just like being brutally honest with yourself and, 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 and seeing what works for you. So I know that some volunteers will do nothing the whole week, and then Sunday... Boom, five hours on Jen. <laughs> you know, whereas I would find that difficult for me. I would, I need to do some, some things every day. Mm. Um, and then I might be able to do like two hours on, I take Saturday off. Saturday I try to do nothing. Spend time with my cats um, and husband and family and friends. Uh, I did not used to do that before. Uh, but I think uh, maybe after two years of doing Jen, I kind of realized and I know volunteers pushed me to take that one day off and it definitely made me a better human being and a better founder so taking time off is great you should do it and then just like you know like not being hard on yourself um i i i like to think that i'm not hard on myself um only others can tell if i really am or not but i'm open to feedback from other people Mm -hmm. um but i think one thing to be wary of is oftentimes when you're in positions of power they're too they're too like pull factors one is that just by human nature, you power can get to your head. And it's really important to be to keep yourself accountable, hold yourself accountable. When people give you feedback, listen to it. But at the same time, when you are in a position of power, it can bring out the worst in other people. And it's really important to understand and have empathy with people who are against you. To understand why are they acting like that? Why are they saying, why are they undermining me? You know, it's not just within organization, I'm talking about everything People can behave very strangely. I've had friends who've like refused, who have, who I have helped many times, who've just flat out refused to introduce me to people that they know. It would do them no harm, but they just don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Or people who will say that they want to volunteer for Chen, uh, but they join just for prestige and they do nothing. And then when you kick them out, they badmouth you <laughs> everywhere. It's like you know, it's a small example, but it happens. And it's really demoralizing. Right. But like having empathy and understanding, you know, why did they do this? Uh, understanding them from their perspective. And I, and I always use this analogy. This is an analogy that works for me, is that to build empathy for other people, especially people that you do not agree with, you've got to, like, you've got to put yourself in their world and see yourself from there. Right. And, you know, you might not agree with what you're seeing, but that is, you, you can't judge people from your perspective. Right. You've got to see theirs and then see. And this is a very effective technique for any strategic work, any strategic work that you're doing, partnership you're trying to create, pitching to government, dealing with an abuser, you know, dealing with any position of authority, you have to think how they think to see, okay, this is what, this is how they're perceiving me. Mm-hmm. If I say this, it's like, it's not like chess, but it is kind of. It's you're, you're trying to understand what strategic advantage you can get, but not because you're trying to win something. I think yeah. that's the bad attitude. Like, right. don't try to win things. That is a very capitalist, Silicon Valley-ish, you know, Thinking. attitude. Yeah, I just I detest it. Don't try to win things. Uh, just try to make things happen. If, if you think that's the best outcome, whereas if something's not the best outcome for you or for society in general, then I would be very happy. Like, we killed a few of our projects recently mm-hmm. because they were nice, but we don't think they were really doing that much. And they were sucking up a lot more time. So we just, we just stepped back. 
And, you know, a lot of people, we publish our failures. We publish all our failures in our impact reports. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, you know, being accepting of your own failures, your organization's failures is so important. Right. Brilliant. Uh, you said, you spoke about compartmentalization when you're doing yeah. multiple things, right? Can you also uh, talk a little bit about the support of your family or, mm-hmm. and your employers and the people around you and whenever you're doing something new? I've been very lucky and fortunate that my employers have been understanding. They recognize that um, my pioneering something uh, an organization that does good is good for them too. Not just because it makes me a better person and gives me an advantage in terms of new expertise, but also because it's just the right thing to do. I think that's that should I wish a lot more employers had. So I can't claim to have any influence on my employers. I didn't do anything to, to convince them. They just thought it was the right thing. So I can't offer any advice on that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've just been lucky. Uh, and luck does play a big part in these things. But in terms of my family and friends, my family uh, were, uh, in the first few years of Chen, they were kind of indifferent, uh, which was shocking for me because my parents have always been very supportive of uh, me they were both uh, they just they invested so much time and effort into my education my extracurricular activities training me for debates um, you know sports everything you name it but when I told them about Chen I just think they didn't they just didn't know how to react I come from a family of doctors and teachers it was just so outside their comfort zone and also the in Pakistan, the reputation that uh, women have who run charities is very bad. And it's deliberately, it's deliberately like... Tarnished? Yes, because men don't men just assume anyone, any woman who is running a charity for women is automatically like a pimp. That is how women are seen. It's so sad and it really discourages like women. And they're often made fun of, like even till this day, day. You see a Pakistani like drama serial, and my husband thinks it's hilarious because he always watches. Whenever he like, he just stops whenever like a comment comes on a, on a, on a, like a comedy show, which is about like an NGO woman. It's called like you know this is like a NGO lady, mm-hmm. and he just thinks it's hilarious. I'm just like I get so angry. Um, so my parents obviously you know they grew up in that atmosphere. They didn't want people to say bad stuff about me. So I don't think they were they just just were not sure how to react. So they kind of ignored it for a while. They were very proud, however, when I did a TEDx talk in London and they kind of told my entire family about it. So there were like, you know, at least a, a dozen people in Pakistan watching my TEDx talk when it was happening. And um, I've now heard lots of people mention it. I mean, my far-flung relatives, I've never I've never talked to them about Chen, but they, I'll hear that they're talking about it with pride. So that makes me very happy. But that it did take some time for them to get to that stage. Right. Um, my partner is, is great. He's uh, very, very um, supportive. In fact, we have a joke in Chen, which is that our, uh, our all of our, like, Chen is like 99.9% with, like, people who identify as women. So <laughs> it's just the way it is. And uh, we all joke that all our partners think that, uh, that like, Chen is their real boyfriend or husband <laughs> because we spend so much time on it. <laughs> So, like, Sunday, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't go anywhere. I'm doing some work. I have a Chen call. So, you know, I have a Chen work session. So, 
So we, it, is, it is so true. Um, we actually have screenshots of it as well. Every time our partners have said that, we take a screenshot and we post it in Jen. <laughs> and uh, so that's uh, that's just the ground realities of doing this work. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, my friends have been the backbone of most of my uh, work and success of Jen because they, if it wasn't for Make Sense, for supporting me and really propagating uh, Jen's uh, work, they even, like, my friends joined Jen to kickstart it. it. It was just amazing. They are the ones who are connected. Most of them are, you know, are just super amazing. Connecting with me with people, talking about me, and just it's just so important to have that support network. That's why I always say that. In fact, it was I was in Paris two days ago, and someone said, "I'm so inspired when uh, to you know about Jen. I could never do it." So I stopped her and said, "Don't say that. I luck had a lot to do with it because." Yeah. I am fortunate that I have networks that help me. I'm fortunate that financially I didn't have any problems, so I could afford to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's hard. If someone is working two jobs, they can't they can't do this. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they can, but it'll be very difficult for them. Whereas it wasn't like that for me. So I completely understand my privilege and recognize that, and want other people to recognize that. So before you big someone up and you are making someone else feel bad about themselves by saying, oh. You know, why don't you do this? Mm-hmm. Please don't do that to people because there must be a reason why. You know, if someone is privileged and they are not doing it, uh, and they've been saying that they want to do it for years, there we all know those kind of people. <laughs> then you can complain, but please don't make people feel bad about it. It's not easy, and luck has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. You're very humble. <laughs> I I take after my father and my mother. They're both very humble. <laughs> I hope I'm humble, but I will say hope again because. <laughs> <laughs> how does how does one think about um, building and identifying uh, these communities that align with the, the kind of goal that are, that they're trying to achieve? I wasn't strategic in the way I did it. It just sort of happened. Sometimes I was strategic, so I was interested in entrepreneurship. I don't know entrepreneurship communities. And when I joined entrepreneurship communities, I found out tech was the best for me, went into tech communities, and I found out that actually within tech, I kind of get bored very easily. But tech for good was amazing for me because I that's what I liked and that's what my, my interests were. So I started joining tech for good communities. So I just kind of followed, um, I just followed the trail that life laid out for me um, and just kept digging until I found the best places for me. I would say if anyone's interested in um doing anything in social innovation, join your local social innovation networks, join activist circles, um, but please join them not to get something out, but also to contribute something back Mm -hmm. because um, it's not fair to communities to have parasitic people who are just, you know, join. I I can never forget. I all, this is, it's not happened to me once, but many times people will come to an event that I'm speaking at or I'm doing or they'll say, can I talk to you? I want you to help me. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I don't have time to stick around. Can you just tell me how I can, you know, like solve X problem? It's just the arrogance of that. Yeah. You know, it's just, I used to talk, I used to respond to people on this and just sort of answer their question, but now I don't. Yeah. And this, this sort of comes from age and experience, but it's just so rude. And, like, how dare you take someone else's time with that attitude? Mm-hmm. And people do that all the time. Mm-hmm. With communities. They will join communities and say, I want a job. Mm-hmm. No. Don't do that. Yeah. That's against the 
etiquette of community. You'll go to LinkedIn if you want a job. Mm-hmm. You will, you might get a job through joining those communities. But if that's your pur- purpose for joining them, then you are a selfish brat. <laughs> <laughs> that's just wrong. Right. So please be selfless when you join communities, and they will eventually help you. And if they don't help you, then it's not the right community for you. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. And um, could you elaborate a little bit on the communities that you've built at Chen, and you know what? What were the key things that you did to kind of nurture people to interact and talk and you know, continue with the same level of inspiration that you have? Community management is is everything uh, when you when you're starting an organization like Chen. So we make sure the right people join. We make sure that they are paired up with people that someone is helping them in their first few weeks. With we make sure that they get a task assigned to them straight away, like within the first few days. Mm-hmm. And then someone checks in with them and does it with them through either a co-working session, just so that they don't feel alone and isolated. And we are because we are all connected to each other on Facebook. We we know how people are doing in their lives as well. So mm-hmm. we'll share each other's news. We'll also see if someone's struggling, and we'll we'll adjust how we are with them according to that. We won't give them work, or if they are looking for distractions, we will provide it. You know, it's just we had a volunteer once who had a breakup and said. All I want is lots of like gifs of cats the whole day. So everybody in Chen, like you know, just in our one of our Slack channels, just like send lots of cat gifs, you know. <laughs> so it's that kind of place. Um, someone had someone mansplained to them the other day, so they just posted on the group, like just like absolutely angry, and we all joined in and we were cursing. <laughs> you know, it's just like that kind of space where people just feel like they're friends with people right. they're hanging out with. Mm-hmm. But also doing productive work, so it's not like it's just a social space. Right. You are getting the best of both worlds. You are doing something positive for society, and you're seeing the impact. The thing that I think Chen can do better off, um, and this is would be my advice for everyone, especially if you're doing an online um, platform like Chen. We, because we don't deal one to one with women. Mostly, case management comes down to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll usually be the one who's dealing directly with women, simply because most volunteers don't feel comfortable doing it. They're scared. Um, it can be very easy for them to forget the impact their work has. Right. So we take like try to take screenshots of what people are saying about us, and we'll post it. And, I, and now I try to keep like posting stats about our pages and right. where their people are coming from, what they're searching. But I know that I could be doing such a better job of it. So that would be my advice: is to make sure you system systematize it. I'm actually trying to figure out a way of system systematizing it myself. So if there is a way to get the list like Google Analytics mm-hmm. data and then post it to our Facebook group, let's say every Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, but then right now I have to do it, like I do it every two months mm-hmm. and I have to remember to do it. Right. So, you know, these are the kind of things that are hard. Um, and then making sure that people feel like they have a common purpose. Right. They have um, ownership over tasks, over the, the organization's uh, strategy. They are, you know, it's a, we, we have a, we have some hierarchy. We have an executive team. I'm always on the executive team. And then we have everyone else. But everyone else is at the same level. And people can still, you know, their, their voices are heard. Got it. Fantastic. So in um, in summary, right, um, could you tell us two, three, four key things that uh, people should keep in mind whenever they're uh, a, starting something new in their life or working on a passion project? Grit. Great of the word. You sh- you should remember that it is hard to start and it is hard to maintain and what you need is grit. 
So no, don't give up. Um, second is like being completely honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. Is you know don't fool yourself. If you think you're doing a poor job, have that honest conversation with yourself. If you think you're doing a good job, have an honest conversation with yourself. There's nothing wrong with self confidence. Um, and third, I would be is like make sure that you're you never lose your purpose. Mm-hmm. And I think it's such a cliche thing to say, but it's like remembering that the reason why you're doing this and making checking in with yourself and making sure other people check in with yourself saying does this still feel good mm-hmm. like as i said there was at least two years of my life and i was doing chan and work and doing the other project that i was doing that i had co-founded and i think i was a horrible human being in those two years i was not a good leader i was not a good partner i was just i was just not a good person to be around because i was so stressed all the time mm-hmm. so if a lot of people you know intervened to kind of make me realize that I just was I had lost myself and I had lost the reason why I was doing chain I was constantly worried and frustrated and you know as someone who doesn't take stress I just naturally don't stress about things I was stressed all the time mm-hmm. it just wasn't good for my body so I dropped the other project I was doing and I just life just sinked back so very it's just I can't stress how important it is to never lose your purpose mm-hmm. um and be be open to 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 feedback for people who want to want to reach out for people who want to volunteer mm-hmm. um can can they reach out on your facebook page can they reach out to you on, on email what would be the best way to, to reach out i can also add the uh, email id or the mm-hmm. facebook links on the podcast show notes best way is to go to chen c h a y n c o um slash join mm-hmm. so go to our website fill out our form as i said before we don't let everyone in so i'm sorry if you don't get through uh but we have volunteers from 15 countries so don't worry about time zones skills skills don't matter as well we're mm-hmm. happy to train people uh go there have a look at that if you're interested in the way chen runs you can follow um the blogs that we've written about it you can also go to chen chay.n.co slash um about to find out the different ways and different things we use we regularly blog about the projects we're doing you can have a look there all our code is open source and yeah if if there's something i can help you with um feel free to reach out uh to me on twitter that's the best way i am at herahsen and chen is at chen hq got it i'll also leave the links uh for the podcast notes super Thanks so much Harold for for sharing your thoughts for uh, you know spending time with us. Oh yeah, thank you so much. It, uh, I don't get much time to uh, reflect back so on uh, this journey. So thank you for forcing me to do that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's been a wonderful conversation. Thanks. I do hope you enjoyed listening to the podcast. Personally for me, it's been one of the most in-depth sharply cut well defined episodes because of the kind of insights that hera provided my favorite one was on being honest with yourself and the importance of self awareness if you enjoyed listening to the podcast it would mean a lot to us if you could rate and review us on itunes as it would go a long way in improving the podcast discoverability we always enjoy hearing from our listeners and i hope that whenever you get an opportunity that you'll drop us an email saying hey what you liked what you didn't like or in case you have someone 
who may be a good fit to be on the podcast i look forward to hearing from you have a wonderful day i'd like to thank shankar from the writer and geek show for creating our beautiful jingle that you're listening to currently audio platforms storyo castbox and savan for featuring us audio boom for hosting us bharat ganesh for his graphics design saif omar and vishnu from the musafir stories and the writer and geek show for their inputs and insights that have made our episode better today this is naga signing off until next time